I'm Dr. Karthik Nagendra. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Demand Farm, a leader in digital key account management solutions. Welcome to our podcast, The Shift. It is a thought leadership podcast which focuses on bringing together sales and marketing leaders from across the world to share their perspectives around the future of key account management. I came across some interesting data. According to JP Morgan, the global economy is projected to expand at a sluggish pace of around 1.6% in 2023 as the financial conditions tighten. According to a study by Statista, businesses worldwide will spend $3.4 trillion on their transition to becoming a digital-first enterprise. A McKinsey study shows that more than three quarters of buyers and sellers say they now prefer a digital self-serve and remote human engagement over face-to-face -face interactions. So these are some interesting uh, data points across three different areas that we're looking at. So my guest today, James Manu, VP Enterprise for Qualtrics, uh, will be with us who, to share his perspectives on the role of key account management during a slowdown, driving sales growth with existing customers. So let's hear what James has to share with us. So James, really nice to have you uh, with us here today. Uh, my, my first question is, you know, what are uh, your key expectations from uh, your teams with respect to the sales strategy and managing key customers during this time of uh, economic slowdown? Yeah, thanks, Karthik. It's great to be here. So what we've seen across our sales teams, right, is um, a need for uh, an increased focus on business impacts, right? I think that uh, when you think about the software as a service space, the value propositions are very different depending on the offering, depending on the customer and the client. And it's no surprise now that uh, every you know every piece of spend, every budget line item is under tremendous amount of scrutiny, right? So when in the past, when organizations you know would have the luxury to to purchase software that may be somewhat of a nice to have or would alleviate you know some pain for the few, now we have to make sure that our quota carrying reps are laser focused on key business key business outcomes that are most critical for the organization, right? And, you know, some of the, the tenants that come with that are the need for multi-threading account more than ever, right? I think that, you know, I think a lot of reps in an honest moment can look back in time and, and remember a, a sales cycle or an opportunity where they're able to sell to maybe the program owner, right? Or one step down from the budget owner, or maybe not have an executive sponsor. But in this climate, it's a complete 180, right? Because not only you know is executive alignment and executive sponsorship table stakes, and it always has been. Yeah. Now it's it now it crosses outside of the buying center, right? So what I mean by that is the CIO is more involved, specifically the CFO, CFO in finance. So traditionally, when people own their budgets and it was their money, they could spend it autonomously. Now it's under scrutiny from a few others. So the complexity of the sale and the message has to be honed in more than ever. True, true, true. That, that's so right, right? Uh, I, and I think post-COVID, a lot of things have also changed with respect to how the entire sales process itself is uh, taken forward. Uh, and I think uh, that was quite instrumental in uh, fast-tracking a lot of digital transformation as well, uh, right? So we are seeing rapid digital transformation of uh, different functions and especially sales and marketing functions as well. And uh, we find that uh, key account management is one area that has uh, probably largely remained untouched uh, in a lot of organizations. 
so uh, I would love to hear your views on that. And, uh, you know, as, as a follow-up, you know, do you see a need for digital transformation of account planning, relationship uh, planning, opportunity planning, uh, among other areas? Yes, it's a great question. I mean, I do because it, it is the most critical aspect of, you know, creating account account strategy, creating account teams. And um, with how critical those motions are, right, in order to have a strategy for, for what you're going to accomplish with your customers, there's still a lot of noise out there, right? I mean, there's there's no shortage of, of, of places to find information on companies and people. Yeah. But what we find is, is that it's hard to, at scale to get sellers or reps to focus, right? And being able to, to conform in the ways that you go about, you know, account planning or, um, you know, creating uh, a value proposition for an organization, right? So I think you're spot on. If there's a way that, you know, something that I always think about, I mean, it's, you know, Karthik, you know, I, I talk to my team often that it's not the $1 million, $3 million, $5 million, $5 million deals that we're worried about. Those get the attention and love that they need, right? From the masses. Like we're, we're, um, we're, we're, we're very competent in, you know, taking down the large strategic deals. What keeps me up at night is more about how we give that type of experience to all customers at scale, right? And I think it goes back to, you know, the conformity around account planning and being able to have a system and a process that, that everybody believes in, adopts, and um, and that we can do across the board. Hmm. That's that's so true, and and I think uh, bringing that cons consistency and kind of institutionalizing it across uh, across your customers and across the sales team uh, is is a very uh, crucial aspect. Uh, so so James, uh, we also see that you know with this digital transformation which has happened. Uh, there are a lot of tools which uh, organizations have started using, especially from sales and marketing standpoint. Uh, so, so can you give a, a high-level uh, overview on some of the tools? You know, probably like your sales intel tools or sentiment analysis tools uh, that your uh, teams use uh, for account management. Yeah, you just want to you want to understand what we're using today, and just some yeah. So, so do you do you use any of these tools and? Uh, for account management, and uh, do you actually find it uh, challenging to use uh, so many, uh, you know, of these sales tools? Because these days we also have a lot of uh, tech tools which are out there. So sometimes even that could get overwhelming. So wanted to understand what what's uh, your experience at Qualtrics and uh, with with your teams. Yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting because you know to date myself a little bit, I come from the days when you know CRM and cloud was. Uh, an early concept, right? And wow. trying to explain to directors of an IT and CIOs that the cloud's the future, you get a lot of doors slammed in your face back in 2006, 2007, right? So I've seen CRM evolve over the years, right? Mm -hmm. And and I do remember a time when it was really was a system of truth where there was a lot of rigor and compliance around, you know, entering data into CRM. As I look back over the past five years or so, people are getting away from that, right? Mm -hmm. It's slowing people down. You know, and it's, I think that there's always challenges around, you know, rich data, data integrity, right? And, and you know, for, I think for more of like an inside sales team or a corporate sales team, it's a little bit easier to mandate those type of activities. When you talk about, you know, enterprise strategic sellers at the highest levels, it's hard to dictate what they do when they've been, you know, in the game for 15, 20 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. They all kind of have their own 
um, operational model, right? So, but at the same time, you want to look to get the other reps, you know, up to that type of level. So to your point, like conformity is key. The other thing that's interesting now is all the add-ons on top of the CRMs, right? It's like to ways to make that easier, easier ways to forecast, right? Some of the AI and ML that for someone at my level, like at the RVP level that manages, you know, frontline managers and reps, some of that automation, I think and innovation has been helpful, right? Some of the data models to see forecasting has been really helpful, especially again, to your point earlier, I mean, this is a unique selling environment. So, yeah. you know, committed deals and, and verbal commits look a lot different than they did five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the other piece, you know, we've throughout my time of doing this for the past 15 years, I've seen all kinds of different tools, you know, as far as account planning, you know, LinkedIn sales navigators, an obvious one data book is one that we have a partner with that, um, that is really good that, that, um, consolidates information either mm -hmm. as a business case or buying, um, attributes for a certain client keeps track of news and headlines for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So. It's, um, but what you still find the best reps, I mean, for one, it's just output and effort. I mean, that's, that's something that's consistent across the board. I mean, the people that, the people that have a passion for research, right. And the people that dedicate the time and use a multitude of sources have the most success. But again, you know, that's great for the top 5% of the reps, hmm. but to my earlier point, how do we get the other 95% to adopt to that? So you know, I think a tool or a platform um, can help drive that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting you mentioned, right? So like 15 years back or so when cloud was, cloud and CRM were all, uh, you know, the up and coming technologies. And, you know, today we're looking at uh, that as the future. Uh, so one thing we would uh, also look into is, uh, you know, bringing account planning, review and, and governance inside your CRM uh, actually seems like a no-brainer. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, a lot of companies uh, kind of resist committing to that journey. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, so one of the main tenets of Qualtrics, right, is like engaging customers or engaging employees, you know, and, and soliciting feedback where they where they live and work, right? So I think the same principle holds true for a sales organization. And, you know, if you have an integrated experience. And if you kind of are able to engage a rep in their day-to-day -day motions of, of the tools and the systems that they see valuable, you're going to get higher adoption, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think anything that's, you know, it's, you, you know how it is, right. Anything that's going to take multiple logins. And this is pretty true with any SaaS business application, right. It's like yeah. any system where you have to jump in and out of where you don't have the view in one place, especially with a, you know, with an audience like a sales reps that are, mm -hmm you know, a little bit harder to, you know, adopt to, to sometimes the technology. I mean, that's, they're not, you know, it's not a project management team, a program management team that goes through change management and rolls out tools all the time. Right. I mean, these are individuals that are laser focused on revenue. So, yeah. So I think it's critical, right. And to your point, it's, it's critical to engage um, the end user where they live. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So true. What, what do you think could be the role of the executive leadership in probably driving this change and adoption of uh, new tools and technologies to move key account management and make it more digital in nature? Yeah, so, you know, I think all change starts from the top, right? It's, I think that, you know, the best way, and we talk to our clients about this all the time, is that the best way to drive change and to roll out a new process or new application or tool, whatever it is, is for every level of the organization that's involved to understand the value you know, yeah. to themselves, right? The impact. So again, you know, I think there's a top-down governance aspect of this, you know, um, 
the, the interesting thing about Qualtrics is that that I've learned and it's been newer for us in, in my career is that we have a very far reach, right? Like we, we have a very popular brand. Um, we have a phenomenal executive team and we have a very loyal client base now of almost 20,000 clients that um, that word of mouth goes a long way, right? I remember it was only six or seven years ago on an airplane trying to do, you know, people couldn't pronounce Qualtrics. Now it's a household name for all things feedback and, oh. and, um, and experience management, right? So the point is, is like with the ability to get high and mm -hmm. to leverage the network and to connect with executives, how do you bridge the gap to what the reps are doing on the front lines, right? Yeah. And the only way that you can do that really is to be organized, to have a strong strategic point of view and to get everybody in the organization aligned behind you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's, it's time and research to do that, right? Because um, it's one thing to get a meeting, it's another thing to go in as a trusted advisor with a very unique perspective on somebody's business. It's going to give them insights that they have not heard before, right? And and the only way to do that, right, is is to take it out of email, most importantly, because email is not a business process tool. It's actually the worst business process tool, right? And, you know, even some of the things like, you know, some Slack and chat, you know, very impactful for from a communication perspective. But when you think about um, you know, organization, organizing a sales cycle, organizing an account team of 10, 15, or 20 people, you need to have some sort of um, consistency and, mm -hmm. and traditional and, and typically technology will help drive that, right? That's, that's what we, that's typically what we see. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So any such change, you know, definitely uh, a top-down approach is what uh, works. And we've also seen at Demand Farmers, a lot of our clients who've been really successful in this space are, are ones where the executive leadership really believe that this is the way forward if they need to uh, maintain a competitive advantage. Uh, yeah. So, and so, one real quick, Karthik, because I mean, because the top down is key, right? I mean, you have to have the yeah. sponsor of the organization. But something I just thought of is like, I like to I like to um, title meetings with my mm -hmm. organization of like of, of the title, how I made money last week. And it's amazing how many people show up to that meeting, right? Really so when you when you pilot you know, some of those tools to get a smaller community bought in uh, some of your better reps and to show that the technology has a direct correlation to, you know, higher commissions, um, shorter sales cycles, larger deal sizes to be able to, you know, test that internally and to show that firsthand typically goes a long way for adoption as well. That That's a very interesting one. I would, I would urge our viewers to note down this tip. You know, that's a very interesting yeah. that James brought up. Uh, so, so James, right now in the in the current uh, macroeconomic environment, there's a lot of uh, budgetary uh, cuts which are also happening. Uh, so, in such a situation, how do you actually make a case uh, for investment in digital transformation of key account management when you know all these spends are uh, under a microscope? Yeah, again, I think that it's it's clear to understand who the audience is, right, and then what the message is. I mean, if it's I mean, we've seen, we've talked to CROs because we do have an offering through Qualtrics that's more on the account management side. I think that, you know, a big piece of the sales cycle that's missing is the voice of the prospect, the voice yeah. of the client. Like, how are we doing? Like, what is your experience like throughout the sales cycle? Where can we improve? Traditionally, Karthik, organizations find this out too late, right? With Qualtrics, if we can... Um, create an inflection point mid sales cycle, post demo, post quote, whatever it is, like a, a safe place to give candid feedback at scale, you can pivot, you can get better and you can train your clients. And I mean, you can, excuse me, you can train your, your sellers, right. To, yeah. to, um, to give them an improved experience. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is, you know, we've spoken to CROs through those types of use cases and some organizations that come to mind, I mean, just an increase of 1% on their, mm-hmm. you know, renewal rate, right? Mm-hmm. can be millions and millions in revenue retention, right? So it's, so these things are, you know, critical uh, to have a strategy yeah. um, to make sure that everybody's organized and aligned on the same message. Mm-hmm. So true, so true about it. So my next question, you know, I call it the the, the crystal gazing question, right? Uh, so uh, what do you think uh, uh, or how do you see the future of uh, key account management shaping up? And what would be that critical path for companies who are just starting off on that journey? Yeah. I mean, another, you know, another core tenet of Qualtrics is that, you know, business interactions need to be more human. And, mm. and I think that applies, you know, to sales as well, right? It's, mm. it's, it's people, ex- people expect a very tailored experience and people expect um, sellers to be prepared and to know their business and to know them very well, right? And again, yeah. to give them one of those insights that they're missing or, you know, especially in the, in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley, you know, I always kind of give us our, give ourselves a hard time, but there's a there's a large level level of FOMO, right? If 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 one organization in their space hears about something progressive or innovative that they're doing, you, you you're going to get their attention, right? So I think that's th- that's also key is to kind of focus on um, delivering a message that's uh, repeatable for a certain industry. But yeah, I mean, I th- I think the future of account management is like it's 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 probably model based, right? I mean, I think that you know the the automation to be able to aggregate data quicker, to be able to, you know, to it's all about getting time back, right? So if the less manual it is to dig through the web, right, um, to send cold outreach and the ability to to understand a persona or a profile, like, yeah. you know, immediately, you know, what's their personality type? Um, what have they purchased before? What is their experience buying SaaS or platform? Have they ever done digital transformation before? Have they ever done any keynotes, um, any literature, any writings in the market? Like what, you know, what type of person is this or Mm. people that you're selling to in order to give them that unique experience that, that, that is demanded through a sales cycle these days, right? Because it's not the days of just showing up and throwing up and talking about technology. You know, there was some sizzle behind that and there's been a lot of SaaS that sold in the past, but those days are gone, right? This has to be, you have to be locked in on realistic measurable business impacts because sure. you know people are more risk adverse than ever right i mean that's what that's that's the byproduct of this climate is that yes is that you they have to believe in you your ability to deliver your technology your services you, you know your ecosystem in order to get their trust that's the bottom line so my my last question james uh, so you are a successful sales leader so what would be your key advice to sales teams to continue performing at their best levels uh, given today's reality yeah, it's um, you know, it's just it's to be pragmatic, right? I think that I've seen, I've seen strategic, I've seen strategic selling teams that have you know very large vertical teams, vertical account teams, 20, 30 people that only sell to one or two accounts, right? The luxury of that model is that you have time, right? You have time to do nothing but research and prep and account management and all the things that we've been talking about. I think that's probably more at the top end, right? I think more the traditional um, larger companies. And what's I think what's more common in the SaaS space are reps that have, you know, 10, 15, 20 accounts and 
And how do you have enough time to give the same level of attention to all the white space across the board? I mean, of course, you'll have your top few accounts, but you know, you have to be, you know, pragmatic, you have to be focused, and you just have to be master of your calendar and master of time management, right? So in order to do that, I think it's, again, it's all about um, operationalizing and making something that's consistent. It's, it's, you know, it's, we've tested many different ways to do this. And you, you've already alluded to the fact a lot of people do this in spreadsheets, but you, but the bottom line is that you just can't waste time getting organized, right? Yeah. It's almost like in my past life, we sold, you know, project management software and, you know, for IT teams and marketing teams, and it's like, you know, waterfall based, you know, task yeah. assignment, resource management, you almost need that level of rigor these days in, you know, account planning and um, creating strategic account teams. But if everybody knows the foundation, if everybody knows the methodology and and you can just get in and just focus exclusively on the research and the company and the task at hand, you're going to save a lot of time. So, James, my, my last question to you would be, as, as a successful sales leader, uh, what would be your uh, key advice to sales teams to continue performing at their best levels given uh, today's reality? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is to get organized, right? It's to... It's to create an operational model and a methodology that everybody believes in that's pragmatic, right? I think you, you know, every sales organization is different. If you're a sales organization that has, you know, strategic sellers that are only responsible for one or two accounts, right? There's a lot more time uh, available to dedicate to prep and to research and to account planning. But I think most SaaS companies are somewhere in the middle, right? It's, you know, they have 10, 15, 20 plus accounts. And they, you know, time management is probably the biggest differentiator I see from very talented reps and organizational skills. Like it's the ability to create content. It's, you know, the, the ability to understand, you know, have a high level of business acumen, um, motivated, obviously, but also very well organized and know how to spend their time effectively. Hmm. And I think if you give your sales organization a model that works well to, to work within, um, that is automated, that um, gives them tools that's easy to find information, to be prepared, you're going to not only get better account planning and um, be more strategic within your sales cycles, you're also going to open up more time for those sellers to dedicate towards actually selling and meeting with clients. That's sort of wonderful advice. Uh, so thanks a lot, James. So, I, so there were some very, very interesting insights that you shared, practical ones, which uh, a lot of sales organizations out there could emulate. And I love that uh, the tip that you gave from how you cracked those meetings and you had more people turning up for that. Uh, so thanks once again. Uh, it was really wonderful talking to you. Thanks for having me, Karthik. It's great to be here. Appreciate the time.